0: lost a step to i'm me. not gonna do I, this i'm not gonna do this this is annex squared that's right it is annex squared episode 13 today is november 29th 2022 tuesday morning my name is jason annick joined by my twin brother the voice of the ultimate fighting championship john annick last week we were live in st petersburg for thanksgiving week we made three picks going against each other this week we are gonna talk about nfl week 13 recap week 12 last week I love being in the same spot, man. It's like back in the day when we are eight, nine years old, dreaming about doing a radio show. This is what I had in mind and with the pandemic. And maybe even before the pandemic, it's like all these singles. Everyone doing, you know, sing, in the same house, you're maybe in a in different location in the same house. So nice to be in your presence. Last week, it resulted in a slap. What's up, buddy? It's amazing how many people in this day and age haven't met the person who maybe produces their podcast or haven't even met the person that they host a podcast with because they're never in the same room, but it's good to be here. I kind of feel like Henry. Saludo. I don't know if it's a posture issue. I'm feeling very short today. So maybe I have to sit up a little bit, but uh, my, yes, my so, samurai. Yeah, I think Fun so. You're Prohaska style haircut today, but it was cool to be able to watch the Thanksgiving day football games with you a little bit as a Patriots fan. That nightcap against the Minnesota Vikings was absolutely infuriating. even if I did have a ticket on Minnesota. But a lot to dissect after an eventful week 12, some two-point conversions to win a couple of football games. So we'll look back at that and uh, get into the selections for week 13, which uh, at least to you looked like a difficult board earlier Tuesday morning. I don't want to... I might have had one game I... Liked Literally one game I liked. But anyway, let's get back to week 12 real quick. So if you didn't see our show last week, we decided to go head-to-head on all three Thanksgiving Day games. So ultimately, the three selections we gave out all hit. So I got the first selection. I picked Minnesota minus three at the time. I think it closed at two and a half, so that hit. We'll get into that game a little bit more. And then John chose the Lions plus nine against the Bills, so I had to take the Bills minus nine. Um, Lions ended up being in our five in the contest picks. We'll get into that. But I love the Lions. That was an easy cover. They should have won that game. Um, and then the third game, Cowboys minus nine against the Giants. Fascinating game there. You took the Giants, if I'm not mistaken, plus nine. And unbelievable that they get inside the number eight. That, that If I'm a Cowboy, that's a bad beat if I'm on the Cowboys, to be honest. But I liked the Cowboys in that spot, even though that pick was given to me. So the three Thanksgiving games, you hit me two to one. I selected the Vikings. I hit you had both dogs, Giants, Lions. So that's where we started there. And then the other two selections I made, what a infuriating week for me. But the other two selections I made were Jaguars plus four against the Ravens. And that looked a little bit dicey for a second, but they end up winning the football game. We'll get into those two games, one by two point conversions at the end this week. But so Jacksonville plus four versus Ravens I hit. And then Falcons plus four at Commanders I lose. Just unbel- I don't even know where to begin. We'll get into this game a little bit um, because we did have that in the contest as well. But so for me, it was a two and three. But I the three games I picked was two and one. The two losses that were given to me were obviously going against you. So I was two and three that week. Ultimately, it is what it is. You don't like getting two of your three losses being games given to you. I felt like the Falcons was a bad beat. Felt like I saw the board decently last week. I know you did well. Talk to me. Give me your picks from last week. Well, the Seattle Seahawks I had home to the Raiders, and obviously they lost that game outright, and I'll have more on the Raiders coming up in Week 13, and then the Colts on mine on Monday Night Football minus 2.5 was obviously not a good selection. You know, yeah, lucky to get the Giants home to be sure, but anytime you're getting that many points, divisionally speaking, I will always take them. You can be sure I will not be back with the New York Giants as a home underdog to the Washington Commanders in Week 13. The Giants just aren't very good, and I know Brian Dayball and a well-coached team can sort of cloak some of the deficiencies. But that New York Giants team is not one that I'm going to be looking at back moving forward. Over 500 in the contest at three and two, but certainly we submitted our picks early. Got to two and zero after Thanksgiving, so we're really hoping to get a four and one or even a five and zero home, and we did not do that. So in terms of the head-to-head, I remain four games back. We both went two and three. Yeah, I guess everything we need to talk about is in the contest picks. But in terms of our head-to-head, you are now back to 500 at 30 and 30. I sit at a paltry 25, 33 and 2. Four games back, though, it is what it is. Let's move on to the contest picks because that was really frustrating for me. As you said, we went 3 and 2. So heading into week 12 in the Circa Million Four 4 Pro Football Contest, we sat at 29, 23 and 3. After a 3 and 2 week, we sit at 32, 25 and 3, which is just okay. Not great. Let's talk about the two losses. I don't want to talk much about this, so we'll brush over this one quickly. The Colts minus two and a half last night. Yeah, I did like it on Thursday when we selected it, but come Monday night, I didn't like it. And I texted you as soon as that game started, it was very clear that the Steelers were the better team. I understand Indianapolis late had a chance to tie the game. It is what it is, but ultimately that side, we would have been lucky to get that one home and Live wagers, folks. I can't emphasize it enough. Now, part of the reason I'm here today is because my cable and my internet are both out, so I didn't get to see so much as a snap of the Monday night football game. But be convicted, especially when you have an early feel, right? He felt convicted that Pittsburgh was going to win that game, and certainly the game did get tied up late. But don't be afraid. On a game like that, if you don't really have a good feel, to wait until you can bet it live. How did I play the game when push came to shove? I did a teaser with the Pittsburgh Steelers in week 12 and the Buffalo Bills in week 13. So now I need Buffalo just to beat the Patriots outright on Thursday. And that's a win. So that was a loss. Our second loss, I just have to talk about this because I lost on Annex squared. I lost it in the contest. Falcons plus four and a half in the contest. What a great fucking selection that doesn't come in. Those who didn't see, they get the ball down to the goal line at the end of the game. They're down six. They have a chance, Atlanta, to punch it in, and an extra point would would give them the victory there. They get a pass interference in the end zone and they still can't punch it in. They end up having the ball deflected and picked off. That just felt like a really bad beat for me. The commanders are just not a covering machine. They, they've they won three in a row. It's just unbelievable. It feels like they could have lost three in a row easily. So that game felt like a tough beat there. I felt like Atlanta really had an opportunity to win that game, especially given that their division is led by the five and six Brady-led Buccaneers. So big opportunity for the Falcons. I think that was a big opportunity for us in the contest. Had we hit that game, we're looking at a 4-1, and one, and 33-24-3 and three is a lot different. Nine games over 500 versus seven is different. So those were the two losses, Colts and Falcons. Our three hits, the Vikings minus two and a half. Now that game, I will say, I thought the Patriots were the better team. Vikings had a kick return for the touchdown. I was very impressed with the Patriots. We'll get into Mac Jones a little bit, but I felt a little bit lucky to get that Vikings minus two and a half home in the contest, if I'm going to be honest. Yeah, I think that's fair. And as far as the Falcons are concerned, you know Marcus Mariota, you kind of get what you pay for. You get what you pay for a little bit, right? I mean, I think your expectations are that this Atlanta outfit is—I know they've been a covering machine, they've been an overachieving team this year. But I mean, I'm certainly not going to be looking to back Taylor Heineke as a road favorite in Week 13. Absolutely not. But I don't know. I mean, I—I I felt like the Falcons at times this year just a little bit undisciplined, a little bit turnover prone and just not a tight enough ship. You know, I didn't feel great even even late in that game. You know, I was waiting for the other shoe to drop. As far as the Vikings are concerned, yeah, there were times watching that game where I felt like the New England Patriots were the better team. And there were just a few uncharacteristic mistakes from New England, whether it came to clock management issues at the end of the half or, uh, just penalties. Yeah, yeah, and they can't punch it in the red zone. They just they just can't get the ball. Rolling. A lot of teams getting burned by the running into the kicker, too, which is totally inexcusable when you got a fourth and two or a fourth and three. So I look for New England, and other teams to shore up some of those uh, mental errors in week 13. So, the Vikings was a hit in the nightcap at Thanksgiving. And I thought we played Thanksgiving well. The three picks we gave out on Annex Squared were 3 and 0. We also put the Lions plus nine and a half in our contest picks. So, in and when you submit the contest picks, if you're selecting the Thursday game, you got to put all five in on Thursday. So, we were on Vikings minus two and a half, Lions plus nine and a half, hosting the Bills. Both of those hit, we didn't put the Cowboys-Giants game in our five in the contest, which looked like a good decision. I mean, that, that that certainly could have gone either way in terms of the point spread. Our final hit, Browns, plus three and a half home to the Buccaneers. That was a good selection there. I had talked about Tampa Bay last week, and I still... Oddly believe in that team in a way, but I didn't love them traveling on the road. Certainly, it was a funky game that ended up getting into overtime. There was some crazy statistic about Brady with a seven point lead, like two late in the fourth quarter, like 218 and oh. Um, and then they end up losing in overtime to so obviously the Browns come in plus three and a half, they win the game outright. So, a three and two, um, I got a couple things to get into about week 12. Anything else from you on our? 3-2. and two. Well, I was just going to say, as far as the Cleveland Browns are concerned, as you spin it forward to Week 13, Deshaun Watson is now back. And lo and behold, he makes his first start as a Cleveland Brown in Houston against the Texans. Cleveland is laying seven. And we were talking in our pre-show meeting this morning. Cleveland Browns got a lot of weapons. We're not even talking about the backfield with Nick Chugga, Chubb and Kareem Hunt, but Donovan Peoples-Jones and Amari Cooper, who had a big drop this week, but maybe yeah, made almost up for us. it. cost yeah. And David Njoku, the tight end. You know, Jacoby Brissett has played well. He relinquishes the baton here, but Deshaun Watson is going to be put in a position to succeed, especially given the matchup in week 13. So a couple of things I want to get to with you from week 12 before we get into our 13 selection. So I went on a little bit of a rant a couple of weeks back on annex square, just about these two point conversions. And obviously it's, it's unbelievable 15 years ago versus now how many I could have looked this up at how many two point conversion attempts are even attempted per game. It just, it wasn't a part of the game like it was. And so two games, so Jaguars beat the Ravens, Chargers beat the Cardinals, both on two point conversions with like less than 15 seconds left, you know, down one, go for two to win the game. And so one thing I did want to say, you know, so Trevor Lawrence made a great throw um, to Zay Jones, who had had a great game to win that game, but the, the Chargers play call a brilliant play call in that two point conversion brilliantly executed. They sort of ran Keenan Allen and had Gerald Everett run a sort of tight in right behind him. It was just a slam dunk as long as you make a throw and a catch that it's going to happen. So, and I do think it is fascinating. It's like when you have a two point play to win the game, it's like, It's the best play in your play, but it has to be. Well, statistically, the numbers say you should go for it, algorithmically or whatever the fuck it is, right? But you also have to have the quarterback. Like Marcus Mariota at the goal line is trash, right? Justin Herbert and Trevor Lawrence at the goal line, right? You talk about simplistically making a throw. I mean, if you miss Trevor Lawrence on that two-point conversion to Zay Jones, that's as good as it gets. There are a lot of quarterbacks in the NFL that can't throw a spiral that tight in that situation, Period. And Justin Herbert is another guy who can do it. But yeah, I mean, obviously, those are two head coaches and Brandon Staley and Doug Peterson, who historically have had the conviction to go for it in those situations. I know you disagree with it. Sometimes it can be tricky if you're sitting on a Chargers minus two and a half ticket and they go for the win there, right? <laughs> Wouldn't mind the overtime, which would have kept that ticket alive. But yeah, that was a pretty cool sort of wrinkle there well, to see I, two teams get a win like that. Yeah, and I like that. And obviously, the Jaguars. I mean, are not mathematically eliminated, but ultimately going for two there sort of house money where the chargers really do have things to play for. Right. So, so there was a big swing there, but also the way the NFL overtime is constructed, it's like people don't want to go to overtime, you know, and for good reason. Um, so anyway, I just, I think it's pretty fascinating. And while I don't like the two point conversions Mid-game, um, I think it is fascinating, and I do like, like it in that spot. Yeah. Um, It's fascinating to think about postseason games and what might happen in situations like that if you go for it in that spot. Obviously, in the NFL postseason, the ru- the overtime rules are tweaked, so both teams will possess the ball. Um, Another thing I want to talk about, running quarterbacks, and you and I have talked about this for years, I feel like, and Chris Collins and Mike Tirico were talking about this Sunday night, and with respect to them, they were, you know, they were talking about, you know, the league sort of moving away from that drop back passer and really needing a running quarterback. And when they were having a conversation, what I was thinking in my head is like, yeah, guys, like this is a conversation that you could have had three or four years ago. I felt like it was going in that direction. And I understand you have guys like Tom Brady, right now, Tom Brady in Tampa Bay, you get free agents that are going to resign there. You have free agents that are going to go there. And three years ago, um, you know, it still made a lot of sense. And I think you can still win with a, with a drop back quarterback, but, Part of my frustration with Bill Belichick is you have to be pliable. You have to be open-minded. You have to move toward the future. And I think Bill Bill Belichick still thinks he can do it with with a dropback passer. You've talked about Lamar Jackson and the opportunity to draft Lamar Jackson. But for me, you have to have a quarterback that can move. I cannot tell you how often the Patriots have been burned by running quarterbacks over the years in different spots with broken plays. It is such a gift to have someone that can move a little bit when these plays break down in this league. I think it's paramount. I can't imagine... Uh, five years from now, that there's going to be a lot of success if you have that sort of straight. I, I understand that could be an exception. There might, you know, I'm not saying Joe Burrow can't, isn't going to hoist a trophy. I think he will. Talk to me. I mean, I know how strongly you feel about No, this. this is as animated and heated as I get about almost any generic NFL argument. Like, why, if you are a general manager or talent evaluator, would you not want a quarterback who can move a little bit with his legs, right? Like, Joe Burrow and Tua Tungabailoa can get you first down more than, like, Mac Jones can, right? So, like, wouldn't you want a guy who can at least move? I don't need Jalen Hurts nor Lamar Jackson necessarily, but I need somebody who can make a play. Like, you want someone who's faster than John fucking Anik, don't you? Don't you? No, I hear you. So, I I agree largely with the sentiment, but Tua doesn't necessarily move a lot. I just think offensively, as far as coordination and game plan and offensive system, you have to be able to pivot. And you have to be willing to draft a quarterback who can move. I mean, Kenny Pickett is fairly immobile, but he can move a lot better than a guy like Mac Jones. Oh, absolutely, no, and he he had a lot of set. they ran plenty of draws for him. Yeah, you know, you not running draws. Yeah, he can, he can move. move. Um, but anyway, I just had to touch on that because we have talked about that for many years. And that Lamar Jackson draft, um, I had like my head in my hands as if we're losing a Super Bowl. I was so convicted on that at the time. I got to touch on one thing before we get to Week 13: Jordan Love. Did you catch any of this kid playing football? No. There's a lot of rumors. Uh, and I shouldn't say rumors, but a lot of talk that he had made some improvements. And it was a different guy in the preseason and in practices leading up to this season. He looked legit. He looked like he could play. I hope Rodgers doesn't play this week. I hope he gets that opportunity. I know they have a bye the following week, but I'd love to see him play a game again. He made some good throws. And ultimately, with Aaron Rodgers, I don't think he's long for this game. I, you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised for he and Brady both to leave after this year. You know, it's interesting. I heard someone make the point. I forget who it is. But for Rodgers, right? If, if he were... I think Brady's done after this year. I, uh, uh, no matter what. I yeah. really do. So if Rodgers retires this year, then your Hall of Fame induction is with Brady right? And you're certainly 1B, right? And and it does that factor in. Now, certainly, I, I think it's Chance Rogers comes back next year, but this kid Jordan Love, I was impressed. I hope we get to see him play this weekend. I don't know if Justin Fields will be healthy, but that could be an interesting matchup of those two teams. I really am curious to see what happens with Tom Brady. Now, certainly if there were a betting line out there, the overwhelming favorite would be the side that he would retire. But if Giselle is no longer in the picture, right, there is no denying that Tom Brady, at least as far as an from an accuracy standpoint, I mean, he's still top eight in the league. Is he right, not in right. terms of an NFL quarterback, right? So situationally, he will be an unrestricted free agent who doesn't need to make money. He could almost pick his landing spot. And I don't know, maybe San Francisco makes sense. It seems to me like he wants to see himself in that red jersey with the white lettering before all is said and done, but we'll see. Yeah, it's interesting. And I know at some points there were rumblings of him in Miami. It's interesting. You know, Matt Ryan looks much older than Tom Brady out there. You know what I mean? It's just and and Peyton Manning obviously at the end was I mean, he tried that Super Bowl that his second Super Bowl, he was atrocious. Well, and even Aaron Rodgers is throwing interceptions that yeah. historically haven't necessarily been a part of his game. I'm just saying that Tom Brady doesn't appear to have fallen off a cliff even though I am expectant that he will walk away at the end of the year. I'm going to uh, I'll get into Mac Jones with the pick, but Mac Jones, uh, we've we've been so antagonistic for lack of a better word with Mac Jones. And we've been very hard on him and I have seen so much that I like. So as I move into my first pick, I will get into Mac Jones, but just so you all know, if you haven't watched Annex Square before each week, as we've done, we make five picks against each other, but the ultimate goal is to get our five picks ready for the Circa 4 Pro Football Contest. So we're going to give you our five picks head to head for week 13. And then as we go along through the week, we will submit our five. We've had more success submitting with the contest than we have on Annex Squared. Got to be honest, picking early in the week is just not an advantage. I'm scrambling, looking up injuries. I don't know if Justin Fields is going to play Sunday. You know, as a, So there are certain games that I don't think we, we're we trying to pick five games really from not a big pool if there are so many variables. I mean, Chase Young, for example, does that impact the Commander's Giants game this weekend? I think it does. It seems his knee's better. I think he missed a game because of illness last week. Anyway, let's roll into our five. Who's going to start? You, me? Well, you can start us off. I will just caveat by saying that when it comes to the Bears-Packers game, we sit here not knowing if Justin Fields or Aaron Rodgers is going to play. So I kind of like the Bears plus three right now, small play in my account, but I'm not sure who's going to play quarterback for either side. As such, the Bears will not be in my five. All right, I will begin. My first selection is going to be the Thursday nighter, as you might expect, the Buffalo Bills minus five at the New England Patriots, 43 and a half the total, perhaps suggesting some weather could be involved because Buffalo – in the last two meetings against New England last year, scored eighty points themselves, eighty to thirty-eight over those last two meetings. Yep. That included a drubbing in January in the playoff game. Overall, three meetings between the Bills and Patriots last year, Buffalo averaged thirty points a game, ninety to fifty-two. Running back issues for the Patriots, right? Ramondre Stevenson looks like a most valuable player when he has the football in his hands, but. Damian Harris is not going to play this week. Right. And I think that could be a potentially big issue for new England who will try to shorten the game. I was very encouraged by what we saw out of Mac Jones, you know, yes, I'm willing to die on that Hill that I don't think he's the long-term solution in new England. Certainly you can argue at times that Minnesota game was the best game that he has ever played. Uh, but I just see a huge discrepancy one through 45 here. And, uh, I like the Buffalo Bills. I thought this number would be seven or six and a half. I'm getting it at five, Buffalo minus five at New England. And I think that the Patriots, right, it's a good week for Bill Belichick motivationally because so many things went wrong, penalties, mental lapses. Um, but I think this is the week in which Buffalo rises to the to the top and shows you that New England really is the basement of the AFC East. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. We were considering on annex square that if one of us made a selection that the other one couldn't be on that same game, right? So if he gives out bills minus five, even if that was in my five, I would have to pivot. I wouldn't be able to. So we may, we may bring that up as the show goes on, but that is not a rule yet. And I, I didn't want to pick this game, but I'm also on the bills minus five. Um, Weather could be a factor. I think it could be a tight game. But if you recall the game at Buffalo before those two blowouts you described last year at Buffalo, Mac Jones has three pass attempts. Everyone's talking about the brilliance of Bill Belichick. They know his weather and wind and they just sort of ran the ball and won. I think maybe that vaulted them to nine and four, but then they got absolutely stomped, like you said, by the bills. And then that postseason game, which was 47, 17 was just an, I think that's, these teams are not evenly matched. Um, If the weather slows down Josh Allen, I certainly think it could be close. I didn't want to play this game. I disliked the slate so much that I sort of feel obligated. And ultimately for the Patriots, this year does feel a lot like last year where they really sort of were doing kind of well, but then it sort of went the other way. Now, I will say the Patriots sitting at 6-5. and Those five losses, man, like a lot of winnable games in there. It's unbelievable how this team really could be sitting at 8-3, and as crazy as that may sound. So my first selection also, Bills minus 5, but I will say about Mac Jones, it's two straight games where he's been very impressive. And I I just like so much about his body. Like, I like him throwing his helmet down in the field after the loss. I, I like how he's just so invested. He has so many Tom Brady characteristics yeah. to me in his personality. And I I really was impressed with him throwing the ball down the field. I, I, I'm feeling for him a little bit. And I will say, I, I'm not so sure that he's not the guy. Yeah. As crazy as that, yeah. I can't believe I'm saying that. But – I really like what I've seen from him the past two weeks, even even both in losing efforts. I just looked over at your notes, and I shouldn't have cheated it, but we have a lot of similarities this, this week. So let us get to the next game that I believe we both are on, the Tennessee Titans coming off a loss at home to Cincinnati, plus five at the Philadelphia Eagles. Tennessee's rushing defense is outstanding. Third fewest rushing yards allowed in the NFL, fewest rushing touchdowns allowed all year, and Tennessee is a good football team. I know they have a three game divisional lead, but they're seven and four. It's a bet on the head coach. It's a bet on the running back. Ryan Tannehill has certainly looked deer in headlights again at times this season, but you know, give me Tennessee plus five at Philadelphia. That is 10 and one, but I don't think their world's better than Tennessee and world's better than the NFL overall as a whole. And uh, I'm an AFC guy over an NFC guy. Give me the Tennessee Titans plus five. Yeah. I'm on that side too in the five, you know, the Eagles, they did give up thirty-three points. I, I just like the Titans team, and I, I like the Cincinnati Bengals going in there and winning that. I've been saying for three straight weeks that I'm a big believer in the Cincinnati Bengals, and I wasn't a believer at the beginning of the season. I picked them and the Titans to miss the postseason, but like I can't get enough of the Bengals. It's not my five, but I love them at home to Kansas City. Really? Like, give me all of Joe Burrow. It's not my five but anyway. So the Titans plus five at the Eagles is also my pick. Um, I, I will say that I. I think with the Titans and the Eagles, I think, I just think it's going to be a very physical, close game. I do expect the Eagles to win. I'm not sure if the Titans can hang, but I think Derrick Henry has a great chance to run against this team. A.J. Dillon had some success, certainly Aaron Jones. There's some space to operate against this Eagles team. I like the Titans as well, plus five. I think Mike Vrabel. Everyone talking about him now as the best head coach in the league or one of the best coaches, you know, it's like you go from underrated and then everybody's talking about you and then they're anointing him. But I do think he'll have his team ready to prepare. I love his body language in all spots. Give me the five. All right. Next game for me. I'm doing it. I'm taking the Jacksonville Jaguars plus one at the Detroit Lions. Now, historically, it kind of feels like a game where Jacksonville goes in and just makes a bunch of uncharacteristic mistakes. Right. But I do believe that. When we look back at Trevor Lawrence's career, we are going to look back at what he did last week against Baltimore as the jumping off point. And I do believe they will continue the momentum against the Detroit Lions team that is undisciplined and inconsistent. Uh, the, The Detroit backfield scares the piss out of me, of course, right? Those running backs really make plays. And obviously Detroit has a lot of weaponry as far as the passing game is concerned as well. But, um, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna take Trevor Lawrence and Zay Jones and the Jacksonville Jaguars to keep it going. I feel like they're they're playing hard for Doug Peterson. I do believe I have the better head coach and and by a pretty significant margin here with respect to Dan Campbell, just as far as the play calling is concerned. And um, you know I think Trevor Lawrence is going to keep it going here and continue the momentum built against Baltimore. Give me Jacksonville. Plus one at Detroit to win the game outright at the Detroit Lions. Yeah, it's an interesting game. You know, the, John, the Lions had won three straight. They had great opportunities to win that football game on Thanksgiving. So I would lean the other side. I think in that game, extra rest um, for Detroit too. You know, and also too, everyone talking about Trevor Lawrence in this last drive. And did anybody see the the, the fumble that that w- at the beginning of the drive? It was very fortunate to be recovered by his own team. It's there are a lot of different factors that I think lead to different lines as they move the following week. Anyway. My third selection, which I know you're not on, is the Giants plus two and a half hosting the Commanders. You talked about not being on both sides of this. You don't like the Commanders as a road favorite, and you don't think the Giants are that good. To me, I just need a little too much respect for the, for the Washington Commanders in Vegas. They should have lost to Atlanta. I know they've won three straight. Um, the Giants are coming off a Thanksgiving Day loss to the Cowboys, where I think the Cowboys very well could be the best all-around team in the NFL right now. And the Giants, they still played tough. They still hung around. They got that backdoor cover. Um but I think the Giants are a little my Vision opponent. Um, so it's fascinating. So Washington has a bye. So so this game is at New York, then Washington has a bye, and then they run it back two weeks later. Oh wow. The Giants go to Minnesota in between. So I think this is kind of a, a, a must-win here for the Giants. If you lose this game, then you're seven and 6 assuming they lose to Minnesota. I think it's a big, big spot here for the Giants. Um, commanders may get Chase Young back even. Um, but give me Day boys, as a home dog, it's two and a half. I certainly we would probably buy a point or tease it up a little bit, but I'm going to take the Giants plus two and a half at home. A little bit of an opposite play here, maybe. I like some of what's happening with the Commanders, but I'm just sort of going to go with the Giants here, home dog, to get to eight and four. Has this ever happened in NFL history? What a weird scheduling situation for the Washington Commanders that you referenced. They play at the Giants in week 13, then have the bye, and then they play home to the Giants in week 15. Has an NFL team ever played – Playoffs notwithstanding, during the regular season, been scheduled to play another team back to back. I know there's a bye week in between. No, that is bananas. I think the Jets and the Patriots played each other this season. Uh, one, you know, played each other, then one week in between or something. You know, playing another opponent. But I, there, I, it would. Not, I don't think it's the first time something like this has happened, but it is very interesting. And I that led me a little bit to maybe law of averages a little bit giants get this one then they go lose at minnesota and then or yeah and then maybe come down to washington and lose but ultimately the commanders they should have lost atlanta and now they're favored at the giants um no thanks i'm gonna take the miami dolphins with my fourth selection plus three and a half at the san francisco 49ers mike mcdaniel going back to san francisco i actually read this morning that uh he was an Atlanta Falcons assistant when the Patriots rallied from that 28-3 to deficit to win that Super Bowl. Couldn't so, get in Kyle Shanahan's ear to tell him to run the ball a couple times? Thank you. Thank so you, Mike. Mike McDaniel's been on the sidelines for a couple of Super Bowl losing efforts. Might just get there this year in his first season as the head coach of the Miami Dolphins. But, right? you know, I expect this will close three, maybe. But it's certainly not going to close three and a half. It's certainly not going to go to four. So I think I'm getting a good number here with Miami. The Dolphins have won five in a row. I know they rested a lot of their starters last week not necessarily in anticipation of this game, um, but because they had a big lead against Houston and were able to hold on. I just like Miami. I really do. I like them as one of the classier outfits of the AFC. I'm catching more than a field goal. I think they're going to win this game at San Francisco. I think Tua, you know, might even get tracked here to win the MVP and Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. We talked so much about them and Jeff Wilson running the ball hard. He's going to be motivated against his former mates as will be Raheem Mostard if he's healthy, right? But, like Tyreek Hill, we talk about the numbers and everything else, but when you watch, he's just such a game changer. Like he really is. And whenever they get him the ball, more often than not, it's like a first down. And if you're on the other side of Tyreek Hill, like it's nauseating, right? He's always making plays against you. So I don't know. I see playmakers on both sides, but uh, I like the Finns to go into San Francisco as underdogs and get away. Yeah, so that's in my 5-2. And I'm going to just say here, one of the things I wanted with Annex Squared was – this type of week where if there are sides where we're both on the same side, that just is what it is, whether it's not necessarily the twin thing, but that just is what it is. So this may be the third side. We're both on Miami plus three and a half. I think they're the better team. San Francisco scored 13 points last week. Okay. I know they shut down the Saints, but you know, so Andy Dalton, Taysom Hill combo platter. I mean, come on. Huh. Um, so for me, I don't think the 49ers defense is going to let Miami run wild. I don't think they're going to have 30 points in the first half, but I just think Miami's better. And while everybody sort of loves San Francisco and talks about them getting to the Super Bowl and all that, they got a great roster. They're not world beaters. And I think I really like the Dolphins um Maybe as much as any, I mean for me, I like I'm kind of week to week. But if you're forcing me, I may say Cowboys Dolphins in the Super Bowl today, right? So I'm I'm all in on this Miami team. I can't get enough of Mike McDaniel, and you know it's like I look at Bill Belichick on the sidelines, and I know you I know you don't like. The Belichick, I respect everything that Belichick has done. But when like, we live in South Florida, I know so many Dolphins fans down here. And I see Mike McDaniel with his glasses on the sideline, a little tinted glass. I mean, he is, I cannot get enough of this guy. And what I wouldn't give for this guy to be running my football team, call and plays. I just like these young guys. Give me the Dolphins plus three and a half. I'll probably play them on the money line. I think they get the win. I'll just say Bill Belichick put the Patriots in position to beat the Vikings and You're right. that loss is on the players You're right. by and large. You're right. So I agree. All right. Fifth and final selection for me. And by the way, I do like the Kansas city chiefs minus two at Cincinnati. I don't know if Jamar chase is going to play. He absolutely torched Kansas city last year, but I do like the revenge factor for Kansas city, but my fifth and final selection, give me the Las Vegas Raiders plus two home to the Los Angeles Chargers. The Raiders, they're still showing fight. They've won two in a row. I love watching Max Crosby play football and attack the quarterback, and not just because he's a big UFC fan. How about Josh Jacobs, right? Like, you think Josh McDaniels knows how to maximize some of these offensive players and get this offensive going? Eh, yeah. No, I mean, I'm, I, I, I you're not going to get me to, to nod my head at any talk about Josh McDaniels. Sorry. Uh, positive talk. No, that's fine. I like the Raiders. These teams met in week one. Wild affair. I just think the Raiders have salvaged their season a little bit, and the Chargers are just so difficult to pin down. But I'm getting a couple points. Slight home field advantage here at Allegiant. I'll take the home dog with the Raiders. I think they win three straight, find a way to get past Justin Herbert and the Chargers. So my final selection is fucking Raiders plus two. Yeah. So we're on four. We've had four of the same five that we picked. So you're either going to tail us or fade It probably go fucking two and two like this league. It just You flip a fucking coin, but either way, four out of our five picks are on the same side. I'm on the Raiders plus two. I wrote, I, wrote, I can't believe I'm doing this kind of an opposite uh-huh. play, kind of an opposite play a little bit, you know, but the Raiders lost at the Chargers 24, 19 back on September 11th. Um, if you recall last year, the Raiders had that big overtime win in the postseason against the Chargers. Right. Um, I just kind of like the home team here. They've won two in a row. I think they carry the momentum from the overtime win at Seattle. And I'm just getting off the Los Angeles Charger roller coaster. I, it's, you know, I love Kyle Van Noy, former Patriot. Um, big fan of his. I love his energy. Um, he had a funny tweet he pushed out there, you know, talking about Brandon Staley. You know, how have I, have I have the balls on my guy Staley You know, I like him. I, I But I just, to me, I think the Raiders still have great talent and they still have something to play for. They haven't been mathematically eliminated. So my final selection as well, Raiders plus two. And real quickly, in terms of the two point conversions, I do think it's going to be interesting to see how coaches proceed in a playoff setting, but I don't think Doug Peterson's going for it because his team is, you know, three and six. Good point. I agree. I agree. Um, So, so the four of five that were on the same side. So bills minus five Titans plus five or bills minus five at Patriots. That's a Thursday night or Titans plus five at Eagles Dolphins plus three and a half at 49ers Raiders plus two home to the chargers. And then my selection that you're not on is giants plus two versus commanders. And what's your fifth Jacksonville plus one at Detroit. Fascinating, man. I'd like to go and no on those picks and you, it'll be interesting to see how many of those four make it into our contest plays. Cause you can be sure all four of those won't be in the contest. Some of those lines will change either way. Love to see the Patriots get a win on Thursday night against Buffalo um, might mess with my season wins under eight and a half. They might go, eh, eh, they got nine and seven, I think, written all over. Anyway, for the man, John Anikman and Jason Anik. as always, this show is produced by the great Zach Phillips. We appreciate you tuning in. We'll see you next Tuesday on Anik Squared. Have a great week. Later.